Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is a fun one. I must have had maybe three or four drinks before I hit record. So by the time we went live, I had a really good buzz going on. And I'm sure you're going to be able to tell by my drunken ramblings and nonsensical ideas. But um, we recorded this right before our podcast interview with 40 and 20. So the intent was for me to get a little bit of liquid courage in um, just to loosen up a bit for that interview. But I think I took it a little bit too far. And I'm sure you're going to be able to tell by my drunken ramblings. But in this episode, we talk about picking colors, among other things. It's kind of a part two of episode one. So if you haven't heard that one, pause this right now, go back into your podcast app and look up episode one, give that a listen. There was just a lot of things left over for Colin and I to talk about, and there still is, and we're going to continue doing these regular conversational podcasts. Uh, but for this one, we talked about picking colors. We talk about a impulse purchase that Colin actually made maybe two, two or three weeks ago. Um, towards the end of it, we talk a little bit about Iran. And the reason is because someone on Instagram suggested that we talk about all things that should not be discussed at a dinner table politics, religion. So we do it on a podcast instead. We end the podcast with rapid fire Q&A, questions submitted by you guys on Instagram. We do have a form on our website. So if you go to noticewatches.com, um, up in the top navigation, hit podcast, and there's going to be a box there where you can submit any questions that you might have. And we will address it over time. Uh, depending on how many we get. We have a whole backlog of questions that we have from our Instagram that we're going to go through first. But um, feel free to ask anything there or just email me at wesley at noticewatches.com and I'll add it to the list. Without further ado, here is episode two of Long Roads Podcast. Please excuse my drunken ramblings. Enjoy. Alchemist um, Brewery in Vermont. Uh, so, funny story. This was actually given to us, uh, gifted to us by Greg uh, Watches GB. Um, back in, in New York. In New York, wind up. To, this is the this is the end of October, so this was pretty much three months ago. He gave us a four pack, and then we've somehow kept. We have one left. We somehow kept uh, one bottle alive after yeah. three months. So the first two, we drank it in New York. Remember that last day? Yeah, I remember the last La day. Yeah, morning. last day of wind up. We were trying to sleep, and then we couldn't, and then we cracked it open. Yeah. And then the uh, third one was our first episode recording that we ended up not publishing. Yeah, we scrapped that one. Yeah, so this is our last one. This is our last chance to get yeah. it right. Yeah. yeah, so shout out to uh, Greg. Yeah. Thank you for this. Thank you for your uh, generosity. Speaking of shout outs, you had a great idea about the podcast the oh, other yeah, day, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. About... Uh, you know, just showing our gratitude to someone specific for something they did in, you know, the, the week or two weeks that we record this episode. I mean, yeah. So hopefully at the end you have someone in mind because I don't. Yeah. You can't think of anyone? Well, I mean, you're the one who talks to people. I don't talk to people. I just this is stay true. in my cave. and uh, This is true. In my wine cave. Like. Yeah, man. It's like just there's so many, so many people to start out with. I think that was uh, 
You know what? I know I know where to start. I know who to thank. Okay, cool. So I guess we'll wait until the end to hear what the hell's on your mind. Yeah. All right, let me open cool. this. All right, go for it. Dude. <laughs> Making a fucking mess, man. Some idiot shook this up. Yeah. Damn. That was so good. Yeah. So much better I, uh, than that crap we had earlier. So I told you yesterday I was I was with Chris uh, in Santa Monica. We went to Father's office, which yep. is we have to go together. Did you have the burger? Oh, so you know what it is? I know what it is. Okay, no, I, I never had it because I don't want to spend money. Yeah, no, I I didn't I didn't get a burger. I wasn't hungry. We had, we went at a weird time. It was like three. So, so. what did you get? Fries? No, I just got a beer. I got a one twenty minute. No, sorry, a ninety minute. One twenty yeah. minute. No, no, ninety ninety Jesus, minute. Jesus, you've been drunk yeah. after two sips. That being said, I did have a 120 last week. I went to a you beer. You 120? Yeah, yeah. I went to Beer Belly and they- uh, Wait, the, Beer Belly still open? No, not the K-Town one. The one here. The one here. And There's a Beer Belly here? Yeah. We went with my mom, dude. Fucking, uh, we, we went there, got a bunch of fried stuff, and then we were like, let's oh. never come back here. Oh, that's- um. Beer Belly. That's the same one? Yeah, exact same one. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. We're dead 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you, t- you tell me? But um, I was too drunk. Dude, oh, yeah, it's like eighteen percent, man. So, uh, wait, wait, wait. So, what did it taste like? Amazing. Have I you thought, never had it? No. What? You idiot. Okay. All right. That okay. Dude, I, fuck you, man. No, I, I just assumed you've had it before. I thought you would have invited me. Uh, of course not. It's such a rare and, and you know. Of course not. Uh, Sorry, I need to tweak this real quick. Mm. All right. Wait, wait. You had one twenty-minute IPA without me? Yeah, yeah. It was it was good, but. I mean, it's not. It's it's pretty much a, like a strong wine, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing about really strong alcohol yeah. beers. They, in order to get to that level, they need to put a fuck ton of sugar, so it ends up being really, yes. really, really sweet, right? To so it needs uh, food for the yeast to make yeah. t- uh, turn into alcohol. Reminds me of those Belgian beers. Yeah, uh, it was good though, but yeah, I think it was a bit too sweet. So this time I went to Father's office and I tried the ninety minute. Chris got the the burger with fries. It was like twenty bucks a burger, man. Not cheap. But it's like this, um, it's not like a traditional burger patty. No, they, they put it on like... Um, it's like some weird-ass bread, right? Yeah, it's like a small French baguette-style bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but apparently it's really good. I haven't tried it. It's really famous. It's yeah. like, you know, one of... Yeah. Like a, like a famous LA thing. Not that I care, but... Well, in any event, we should go. We should check it out. Because their beer selection is fucking amazing. You know why I like Father's Office? They why? have a very nice selection of nice furniture stores in the area. Father's Office? Yes. Which one did you go to? There's only one, right? Yeah, it's uh, on... In Culver City? Montana. No, no, it's in Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Well, I'm thinking there's two. There's more oh. than one then. There's yeah. one in Culver City mm-hmm. in Helms. So there's like a room and board. Yeah. Like a, a Scandinavian designs. Mm. There's a... Man. We're probably talking a, about different places. HD Buttercup. <laughs> right next door, there's a, there's a Pasta Sisters, mm. which used to be good, but it's not good anymore, unfortunately. Oh, it's not good? That used to be like the place to go to yeah. for like affordable handmade pasta yeah yeah i haven't been yet i really wanted to try it man like it is not good man really i think so. when's the last time you went i went last time i went was probably a year uh nine, nine months ago maybe yeah a baby ago mm. um a baby ago but the last two times i went and then the last like two times when my friends went like yeah they had, we had bring the them issues. like a little like an inch closer you can push the arm down but just bring it a bit closer i'm just afraid i'm too loud no no you're not loud enough that's a problem okay yeah. well because last time i was booming I, I can change that. You're booming because I had to boost your signal. Don't boost bit. my signal. All right, I won't boost your signal anymore. All right, you uh, want a drink? Yeah. Yeah, th- sorry. I have two drinks, so I'm still tending to so my rum. What's your other drink? 
It's a rum. I, I don't know rum that well. I don't remember uh, what it's called, but Crystal gave it to me. It was from Peru, I think. I think it's Peru. But yeah, I, I don't have a very good... Let me drink this first. Maybe you should go grab the bottle and tell us what it is because I'm kind of interested. Yeah? All right. I'll go down in like a minute. But basically, you and I, you know this. Both of us have very bad experience with the rum yep. from, uh, you know, from the old days. So I'm, this Drinking this rum here is like the first time I had rum probably in five, six years. And it's... Fucking delicious, man. You're sipping it like a gentleman. You're not yeah. like, taking shots like a fucking... No, and it's also... Boy. It's not Captain Morgan, so... It's a different type of rum. D- I, a different grade of rum. I can't even touch that stuff. No way. Ever since that one experience. But, dude, it's like drinking Jack Daniels and calling it whiskey. You know what I mean? You oh. can't really do that. Because it's not the same thing. Excuse or me. or drinking, um, drinking Stoli and saying that's vodka. Like, there's good quality stuff out there that... We've just been scarred from the bad stuff. Like, we never want to try it. Like, hey, if man. Jack Daniels is the first whiskey I've ever tried. I think Jack Daniels is whiskey. Mm. It's, it ain't bourbon. Because it's not. But but it's not a good example of whiskey. If you're trying to get someone into whiskey, you wouldn't give them a Jack Daniels. Well, of course yeah. not. That's probably where the nightmares came from. Yeah. Where all the negative experiences. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, I can't drink whiskey. That's, you know, that's what I, that's what <clears> I noticed <throat> recently. Or yeah. not recently. Just whiskey has a very lasting, yeah. negative lasting effect on people. Yeah. Um, after they've had a bad night with it. And I understand why it has that taste, but the cheap stuff is what tastes like absolute garbage. I have a theory that's probably why when we started drinking beer, we didn't like it either. What do you mean? I love beer. What are you talking about? The first beer you've ever had. Like first, the first beer I ever had was four years old. Oh, okay. I guess that doesn't count. You can't remember that, can you? I, 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 I remember the, the exact circumstances. Really? Yeah, I was underneath the island. Mm-hmm. A kitchen island. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were having like this party. Uh, uh, this is in Austin, Texas, and then they had like a twenty-four pack of uh, Asahi. So Asahi, it's like five percent. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a rice lager, very very easy. Uh, all I remember is that you know it says super dry. That's like part of the branding, and uh, I remember that. So I took a sip, and, and you like, liked it. Well, I wouldn't say I liked it, but. It wasn't horrible. I didn't spit it out. I just took it down. I, I took it like a man. But you didn't like. You didn't regularly drink beer after that, right? Well, you, uh-huh. you, it, you gave it a couple of years before you started drinking again. Maybe that's something you don't know about me. Mm. No, but uh, well, it explains a lot. Yeah, the development mm-hmm. of my brain just it just stopped. It stopped for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kept yeah. on telling me during uh, the 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 drug ed the, the drug ed classes. Yeah. Like your brain's like a like an unbaked cake or some shit. And then once you start putting alcohol in it, like, hell, I don't even remember. Because I was too drunk to Yeah, any, any kind of substance that affects your feeling or thinking, yeah. marijuana, It's not good for, your, for yeah. your brain development. Yeah. Well, too late from that. Too late. Way too late. That's why we're doing what we're doing. I think we start drinking too early. <laughs> Speaking of which, so that, that rum experience I had, oof. Yeah. Horrible. Fresh into ninth grade. Had some... Captain Morgan. I don't know what it was, but my stomach didn't. My Probably like didn't, the Captain Morgan spiced rum. My tummy didn't feel good. Well, you're also, uh, well, how old are you in ninth grade? Excuse me, 13, 14? 14, mm. yeah. All I remember, I, I ended up by myself. Well, maybe you were there for, for a brief few minutes, but. Uh, if I was, I probably don't remember. I was in this room by myself, head against the wall, lights turned off. 
singing to myself because I was so I was in agony. Oh, this was at Hideaway. That was Hideaway, yeah. Okay, I do remember this. Yes. Yeah, I found you sitting in the corner. Yeah. On the floor, you were wearing a leather jacket. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, we rode our bikes there. I mean, we were rockers, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, wannabe, wannabe rockers. Yeah, wannabe yeah. rockers. Um, speaking of which, remember when we went to Toronto and then we were talking about bad apples, and then Babak found us, found the uh, the album on iTunes. Oh yeah, and he bought it. Yeah, yeah we're, we're off. We're gone now. But he bought, so he has access to it, but we're not on there anymore. I mean, I got a bunch of CDs back at home. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I lost the tracks. I can't, I haven't listened to okay, it well, since I'll, I'll, yeah, I want to hear it. I'll get it off the CD. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. Yeah. Computers a, don't have what's CD What's a CD? <laughs> the crazy part is, like, a bunch of these Gen Zers don't know what CDs are. All right? Like, I don't. Dude, have, I don't, I don't remember last time I used one. I don't have a single medium to, to, to extract the, 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 yeah. the files from the CD onto my computer. Yeah. I have my car that has a CD player in it, but that's, I can't, burn, yeah. I, can't I can't get the files off. Mm. So what do I do? You know what's crazier than that? What? USBs, man. Like flash drives? Yeah. Oh, no. That's like, about. even that is outdated. I remember the days when you could get 128 uh, megabytes. Megabytes. Yeah. And it was like 60, 70 bucks. Yep. Now, now, now the equivalent is like what? Two terabytes, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's it's fucking free now. You just go on Google Drive. Yep. Right? The cloud. Yeah. But it's nuts. I, I made that post on Instagram the other day with the USB. I was so tempted to make a joke about Isaac or something. Like, this isn't an, an antique from the ancient days Man, of the pyramids. Isaac, Isaac how, do you, how do you use this thing? Isaac was yeah. hailed from those days of, of the floppy disk. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, not even the 3.5 inch. The bigger one. I don't, need, dude. I, I don't know what a floppy disk but is. But Isaac knows what the three point five inch floppy disk is. Yeah. But he's Isaac also with his he also thinks that and Justice for All is the best Metallica album. So yeah, I don't think he's a very good, uh, credible source of things. If, if we ever get that guy onto this podcast, uh, we're definitely going to go into like an in depth debate on Metallica mm. and well, nineteen ninety and before obviously Metallica. Yeah. Um, you know, debate which album is the best and why. Yeah. Do you have an opinion? Of course I have an opinion. What's your opinion? Man, I don't even have an opinion. <laughs> See, that's a Pulp Fiction reference. It's, it is a hard choice, but it, it's harder to pick which one is the best than it is to pick which one you know is not the best. Right? Like, for sure, I don't know which one is the best, but I know that Justice is definitely not on that list. In my opinion. You, I think Jason Newstead would agree. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what we're we gonna talk about? Yeah, today? what were we gonna talk about, man? I don't even know. Well, how's this beer? What do you think of it? It's uh, it's definitely it's one of the best IPAs I've ever had. Mm. There's plenty of IPAs that are that we haven't tried. That um, have just... you heard the news about Russian River? What happened? The Pliny the Younger. They're starting to bottle it. Okay, so we're gonna go grab some. So we're gonna yeah, we're gonna get to try next it. podcast. We'll have yeah. a. Um, oh yeah, so that that was the story I was gonna tell you. I was with Chris Wren, and then on the way home we stopped by this store because he said that these guys have Pliny. So I go in and they didn't have Pliny. It was uh, the elder. And I asked them, did you guys hear the news about Pliny the Younger? And they're like, yeah, we're actually going to get it uh, April uh, like 2nd or something like that. So I'm going to go. line up three hours prior to their opening. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get Where some. Where is it? It's on Montana. I think it's Montana. Somewhere in that area. Oh, you're west side. You're fancy. Yeah, west side. You're fancy. Yeah, you fancy. So I, I got a, what did I get? Three Weavers expatriate 
IPA. Cool. Really fucking good. Three Weavers is a... I believe they're based out of Indiana. They're the ones that make zombie dust, I think. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, It was really good, though. Really, really good. And they actually have a brewery open in Mar Vista. Oh. Like, right by the airport. So we should go check. We we, we have to do, like, some kind of event or get together there. Westside, fancy. Yeah. Well, no, that's not Westside. That's in... uh, That's literally, like, right by Elliot. Ish. Kind of, yeah. In that area. Let's go. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so what were you going to talk about? We have some questions, right? Well, I want to first say this IP is freaking fantastic. Oh, we uh, just got an order from Washington, New Jersey. <laughs> Washington, New Jersey. And it's uh, Laguna. Thank God. So, maybe we should talk about colors. Colors. That's a good idea. That's something that uh, we talked about in the mm-hmm. first two podcasts that yeah. we scrapped. Um, okay. I'm going to take my shirt off. It's really fucking hot in here. No, I'm wearing, I'm wearing two shirts. I'm going to take the second one off. It's really fucking hot in here, man. The explicit uh, label on, on, on our podcast. I think we're way past that already. All right. Much better. I'm highly uncomfortable. Anyways, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? We were talking about colors. We want to talk about how we pick colors. Okay. Which colors tend to do the best. Okay. So um, I'll just put a blanket statement out there. But like for solid colors. Okay. Well, let's just say this. It's very hard. It's, it's hard to put a blanket statement on colors because yeah. it depends so much on the, on the model itself mm. as well as what texture is on, on the dial. But there are definitely patterns, right? There are definitely patterns. You can definitely see certain colors across the board no matter what the model is tend to do better for us obviously like white white has always been a great seller for yeah. us i don't know why or any any of our light dolls not necessarily white but like right. silver or uh, right. salmon laguna who knows why yeah i actually don't, i don't know i was gonna say that there aren't that many brands that offer brighter colors but come but on that's not true that's not true yeah it's not true at all i feel like every brand has some type of light dial yeah but white has been hot for us man yeah White's always hot. No what started what. it was the Trieste Polar White. The Polar White, right? Yeah. That that snowy texture, which we, you know, we brought it back with the Contro, and now with the uh, what the hell is it called? The the Sector Dive Pearl. Yeah, the Pearl. Yeah, yeah that has a nice texture to it too. It so I think that's probably the reason why it keeps interest. It's not just like a flat, boring type of white. But even the Retrospect One with the Frost White dial, it was just a solid, glossy white. That thing okay, sold yeah. really well. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, that, that was a bestseller, I think. No, no, blue was a bestseller. Was it blue? Blue. Mm. Yeah, so... So a lot of blues, I don't know where it went to. So blues do well as well. Blues all... Black, white, blue. Like, come on. Mm. That's, that's, that's like the staple. You have to have those. Then what doesn't do well? Uh, so what I noticed is that gray doesn't do well unless it's a sunburst. Mm. If it's not yeah, a because sun- the retro did really well. Which does... The retrograde is quite well. Yeah. Um, retrograde? Retro... Retrograde, yeah. Oh, uh, I thought you forgot the name of our watch. Retro gray, uh, but then like a solid gray doesn't do as well. And I don't know if other brands. Okay, so, yeah, so like the the Contrail that we did, gray, and then the Avalon gray. Yeah, but like I don't know if other brands feel the same way. But um, I think I mean I can I guess I can understand why. Yeah, it's because with the sunburst, at least there's like there's dynam- dy- dynamicism. Some kind of interest. Is that, is that a word? Dynamicism? Dude, I don't know. I'm an idiot, man. Don't ask me for words. <laughs> Dynamical? I don't have any words. 
point is there's, it's, it's very dynamic. It changes a lot mm-hmm. uh, depending on lighting, right? So, mm-hmm. whereas a flat gray is just a flat gray and gray is... Uh, it has its appeal, but I think it's, it's hard for us to say because we have access to everything, yeah. right? So it's like, if we want to wear that gray, yeah. we can grab it off the demo, sh- uh, demo shelf. Yeah. But if you're going to put money down for it, yeah. Like, you don't have a gray watch. You've never bought a gray watch. Dude, right? all my watches in my personal collection are black. Mm. Or a gray Sunburst, which I'm going to sell. So, pretty much just black. Yeah. And my next watch, which hopefully is going to be a Speedy, is just black. It's black. So, I'm, maybe I'm, call me boring, but that's what I like. I you like know, what you like? I don't care what you think of me. Good, because I think lowly. Man. <laughs> Fuck, I'm drunk, man. What? Yeah. Yeah, my head's spinning. You've had literally one drink. Um, three. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, anyways, I guess I'll steer the conversation because uh, this guy's uh, is doing a DUI if, if he's steered. <laughs> God damn. Alright, so, colors. How do we pick colors? What's the process of us? Well, okay. Well, continuing on the conversation with like what colors don't do well. Yeah. Anything that resembles pee pee and poo poo, mm-hmm. pretty much don't <laughs> don't do don't do that well. Uh, so. But aren't you surprised by how well the yellow retro did? Okay, that's not okay. If your pee pee is that yellow, you got issues. Okay. You got to go to the fucking. Uh, but yeah, the poo poo colors. Pedi- pediatrician yeah. is that the word? Or a, by a guy who uh, no. examines your pee? No. No, that's not... Yeah, no, I'm kidding. No. It's a urologist. Anyways. Wait, he examines your, your urethra, doesn't he? Who examines your, your urine? I'm not at that age a where... A urinologist. I, dude, neither of us are at that age where we get those areas looked at that closely. Okay, well... They might do a light fondle, but they don't do the... A light fondle, okay. They Hold don't, up. You know what I mean? Hold up. Holding up. I've never had my, 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 uh, your drunk jingly, fondle. my jingly janglies, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fondled by a doctor before. But then again, have I ever had a physical examination? I really should. You should. Uh, but. But I never had my peepees, my peepees checked out. I was told that guys tend to go to the doctors less. Yeah, because we're girls. idiots. Yeah. We're complete yeah. idiots. We're ogres. Yeah. We have a very, uh, you know... There's definitely, like, an ego. What are we even talking about, man? <laughs> Pee-pees and poo-poos. What I was saying um, is that pee-pee and poo colors, brown, yeah. right? Brown is quite hard to sell unless yeah. you do it really right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm curious if that extends to other brands as well. Exactly. Maybe we just did it completely wrong. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, maybe the type of brown that we got. The thing is, the red Trius did really well. The that's bur- not the, poop, the burgundy though, that's one. red. It's, well, it's like it's, burgundy. It's close. It's like, it's a warm color. You know what I mean? But it's not brown, right? Okay. And what we noticed is that the majority of our brown orders were actually international orders. Yeah. Mainly European. So we're thinking maybe it's the American, it's the American connotations of, of the color brown. Okay. This is actually, this reminded me. Um, so we have, for, for those listening, we have a notice inside circle on Facebook and the, these are just you know, really early customers who either ordered some of our earlier models or we, they've been talking to us for a long time. And when we published our first episode, I don't know if you saw this. You'd never go on Facebook, so you probably didn't see it. But I posted a thing on, on that group saying that... I keep my mouth shut about Facebook. <laughs> we're trying to solicit questions from people. 
Um, and the, the first place we started was in this group. And Alex, shout out to Alex. He a, actually asked us. Is this Value Watch guy? Yes, Value Watch guy. He asked AKA, us. I um, keep time, AKA. Uh, yeah, he has a lot of names. Alex, Alex, uh, Mr. Uh, Linus, Joseph. Yeah, to give some feedback. Actually, you know what? Why don't we go through the history of how we started talking to him? Because it wasn't me. I wasn't the first one to talk to him. I wonder right? what his real name is. It's Alex. Your real name's not Alex. His first name is Value. His last name is Guy. It's not Alex, dude. Yeah. But, Tell me your real name. So how how did we start talking to him? Uh, we posted um, when we first started notice uh, started notice. We posted on Watch You Seek. By okay. we, you mean you. Yes. And then... I don't go on there. It's a cesspool, man. Well, I hate that place. So, what, we just, you know, did like a brief introduction and then just showed well, what, like the trius, showed up the trius, the specs, some, some photos. And then this guy named Wally Watch Guy, um, he PM'd me. It's not DM, it's PM because it's a forum, mm. private message. Um, and he just told me like he, he's very interested in what we're doing and he's open to like he'd be willing to take in a watch and like give us feedback and like you know just give us general feedback and help us out and to, to grow as a brand because he's done it with other brands before yeah um and it was really cool you know yeah just genuine feedback genuine interest from from someone who is in the market yeah um which at the time when we're just starting out yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's so meaningful Even, it is very you yeah. know it's not it's not whether or not they buy a watch. The fact that he reached out and said, yes. you know, I'm a fan of your brand and what you're doing and then offered free feedback and tried to help us steer the ship a little bit better. So he, I think yeah. he would be one of the guys I would credit to yeah. bringing us to where we are now. So maybe right? he'll, so you're saying he's going to be mentioned in the very end. Second. Yeah. So he, he was yeah. who I was thinking. Okay, cool. But so I, I post that thing on the Facebook group. Excuse me. I post that thing on the Facebook group and uh, he actually posted a question to my question, asking for questions. And it's very similar to what you were just talking about, how Europeans like brown better. But the question is, I'll read it out word for word. What are the commonalities and differences that you see in different generations of uh, watch, idiot savants, WIS, that you've gotten to meet 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, etc.? And, you know, same question, but with US versus other countries and different genders. So is this sorry the first part was color preferences? Um yeah, basically how or not he wasn't asking specifically about the colors but any oh, okay. any commonality or difference that gotcha. we see in different demographics and however we want to separate it whether it's by age or where they live. Okay. Uh, what what are some patterns that you've seen? So you mentioned that we noticed more brown customers in uh Excuse me? for all right, that's not a racist joke. We notice more customers for the retro brown, okay. industrial brown, in Europe. I just want to clear that up because uh, I heard something different. <laughs> in Europe, then we, uh, I'm going to completely ignore that. In Europe, then we did here in the U.S. In the U.S., we had more blues, blacks, whites. Why do you think that is? I just think it's it's cultural, you know? But it's not like brown is has any kind of significance in the U.K., for example. I mean, right? you never know. That's true. I guess I'll find out when I go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. But um, I, it's just, I mean, it has to be cultural. Because yeah. if, if it's from a different country, if, if this taste lies mainly in another country, it's, then it must, must be cultural. Yeah. So what about a, uh, a color like orange or yellow that's really loud, or red, that's really loud? 
Well, I guess we haven't done reds, so we wouldn't know. But I feel like those col- those colors are definitely extremely seasonal, mm. which is weird to think about for a watch. But so yellow and yellow and orange yellow would be summer sell very well in summer. Yeah, and then we get we get emails saying I need a summer watch. Mm. Like this color is perfect for summer, and we see sales reflect based on that opinion. Yeah, which is, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, but at the same time, I, my mind's blown. Right, so now now we have all that data and all that information that we can leverage when we're thinking about colors and release dates. Yeah. But at the time, is that something you considered at all? Oh you, no. No. You're just like what what would look good and let's do it. Not thinking about when we're releasing it, yep. not thinking about price point, not thinking about the shape of the case or the strength of the no, loom. Because in this market, like we're very far removed from the fashion industry mm-hmm. and the fashion market, which is very seasonal. Yeah. Right? It's very codependent based on the season, right? Right. Whereas we saw this this watch thing as something that's completely removed from that. But So we're working as enthusiasts basically, exactly. right? In the but beginning. We can't ignore the reality that it's still true and yeah. it still carries over into our market even. Yeah. Colors are a seasonal thing. You know um WGSN, do you know what that is? It sounds familiar. I might have talked to you about it before. It sounds like a Korean pop star band. Close. It's very close. It's like a it's bunch of letters put together. Manufactured. It's very manufactured. Uh, so WGSN, no one actually knows what it stands for anymore, but it's this, I think they're based out of New York, but it's this company that looks at statistics or data <laughs> or, oh, slow down there. Sorry. Right. You alive? I just thought of something funny. All right, cool. Um, WGSN, they basically look at all the fashion companies out there or the, the companies that make things that people wear uh, as well as interior designers, uh, furniture designers, they partner with all of them. So like Nike, we're talking about Nike, Apple, Adidas, like huge multinational companies. And they basically decide which color is going to be hot that year. Right. So when we, we look at the fashion trends, for example, right. Look at, I mean, I'm, I'm not really into fashion uh, in, in that way, but they. You say that in a disparaging way. I wouldn't say disparaging. I would say it's a world that I don't understand okay. and I have no desire to learn. You ain't Metro? And, no, I'm not Metro at all. Dude, look at me, man. I'm, I'm sitting here in a fucking gray tank top with gray pants on. There's no, <laughs> like. <laughs> There's no more monochrome that I can put on my body to make me less metro, of a bro? metro. No, no, I'm not metro, bro. What did metro was like a word that just, I don't know, anyways. WGSN. No one knows what it stands for, but they basically decide what colors are going to be hot that year, what colors are not going to be hot. So they decided, I think it was early last year, they're, they're like, these are the four colors that are going to take us into the new decade, 2020. It's like pastel blue, pastel uh, green pastel pink and some something very close to Laguna yes but basically all the stuff all the trends that we see in fashion it's not as a result of people looking at it and liking it it's a result of people seeing it over and over and over again on oh, yeah. all of like you know Instagram YouTube I mean, um, isn't that like fashion shows 101? yeah so it's basically like the reason why famous people are famous is because people see them a lot right and then as a result, they just, they're like, oh, that's Brad Pitt. He's a good looking dude. That's Angelina Jolie. That's a good looking lady. So there's that natural attraction to them only because they're seen a lot of the time, right? They're just seen so frequently. 
that's the same thing with these colors. That's a, that's kind of what WGSN picked up on. They're like, the more someone sees something, the more popular it's going to be. So even if it's not watch related, like like say you walk down the street, if WGSN is working with all these multinational companies, you see the color pastel blue, for example. We just use it as an example. We'll see that pastel blue walking down the street in a hair salon, in a restaurant, yeah. someone's wearing it. And then if you're a watch guy and you see a watch with that color, just subconsciously you're going to be like, all right, I've seen that color a lot. I'm, mm. I, I like it now because of how much you've seen it. But basically, the point is it's all manufactured. It's all done oh, with course. intent and purpose. There, there is... It's big business behind there, it. There is a hegemonic power, right? Yeah. That influences, influences everyone. Yeah. So they're the ones who influence high fashion, mm-hmm. which then trickles down to everything else. Right? Yeah. So and it wasn't something that we looked at until the control came out. Right. I think uh, the Laguna Sand, right? The whole the whole pastel thing. That was a wave that the watch industry rode a little bit late because, you know, clo- like T-shirts and jeans and, yeah. and interior design. All that stuff was more on the forefront, but watch companies historically have been behind the curve. Oh, yeah. And I don't know for a fact, but I, I, I can see all these watch companies that have been around for a long time. They're still doing the same colors, black, white. You know what I mean? Yep. So they're not working with WGSN, but the independents, the small guys, yep. it's not, we're not working with them, but we can see the trends happening just walking down the street. And I think that's why the colors that brands like ours use is a little bit more interesting. That's true. But does it, necessarily, does it translate to sales? That's the other question. I think it did in the case of the Seaforth and the Contrail. Um, who else did pastel? Traska, the the free diver. The mint, right? Yeah, yeah. No one's really done mint. No one's really yeah. done pastel blue. Yeah. No one's really done like a Laguna sandy yeah. color. Mm. So I, I think I do see it. I don't think it's as public as it is because we're all small companies. We don't, we don't put this stuff out for the public eye. But yeah. I definitely think it does have a role to play. Uh, WGSN's research and the things that they're telling these big companies, I think it has a role to play in the success or failures of brands like ours, even though we're not paying attention to it. Well, let me get this out of the way first. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston aged much better than Angelina Jolie. So I feel like you should have put Jennifer Aniston. She would have been a bad example? She, you should have put her as an example. Because Brangelina was like, ugh. Anyways, <laughs> my... My main point is, so what do you think about the Pantone uh, color of the year thing? So this well, year Pantone, was... Pantone's another company that does the forecasting. So how are so, they influenced by W... w well, w, the colors GSM, they pick are... Generation, whatever they're called. Yeah, the colors they pick are very similar. So this year was True Blue. Yeah. Right? Let me... I don't know what that looks like. Let it's me see. It's True Blue. Pantone True... Hey, we got another order from uh, New York. New York City. True Blue. Isn't that like a... No, that's not. Let me I'm see. about F zero. Pantone true, true blue. blue. No, that's not F zero. That's some other blue. Oh, this is almost like a navy, yeah. like like a deep dark blue. Yes. Was that this was color of the year? That was color, Pantone color of the year twenty nineteen. Hmm. So. Oh, so can Pantone you recall watches that have that color? Do you think? Can you think of any? Yeah. What? Uh, th- my Raven Trekker. Okay, so Steve is is like really on top of really shit. ahead of the curve. He's like a fashionista. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I can see that. So the way Pantone does it, they actually do it by season. So spring, summer, twenty twenty. Let me let me bring this up and see what it looks like. 
cream, scarlet. Cargo pants can be fashionable. Okay, so these four colors right there. So yellow, blue, kind of like a pastel mint, and uh, army green. Oh, the mint's nice. Yeah. Army green, huh? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like our sequoia. Our it's, yeah, it's, sequoia, the, it's the same sequoia, yeah. Which has been doing quite well. Excuse me. Jesus. Man, this beer's gassy as hell. Or it's just your freaking diet. Man, I've been eating like shit. My Our kitchen, my, my entire kitchen is broken. So I've been eating like shit. Yeah. But yeah, we don't look at that shit. We just, we look at the watch and we're like, what's going to look good on this watch? So, um, I've noticed like green has been quite hot for 2019. Yeah. Um, you see in Basel world, which I call basil world, which reminds me of green mm. because it's basil. Mm-hmm. Or if you're Gordon Ramsay, you call it. Basil. 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 Which is how it's pronounced, right? That's how my mom says it. Basil? Basil, yeah. My mom says it like that. It's like you roll it into, into a little cigar and then you cut it. It's yeah. Like rolled up like a cigar, right? That's what he says. Mm. But um, green has been quite hot in 2019. I would say Which really, is funny because that was a dud for a contrail. The, actually, the retro did really well, the green. Exactly. Then so the, then again, it's like the, the, it's like the shade is really important yeah. as well as the context. Mm. So the shade on the contra was a bit more poo poo like. Mm. There was a bit more brown hues in it. Yeah, more Whereas, army like. But dude, the sequoia is like that too, though. Only the chapter ring. Mm. The actual green itself is quite nice. Because of the fume uh, effect, it, it actually no. makes it does make it more interesting. Fume, you're getting fancy. Fume. West side fume. Mm. I call it fume, man. I call it fuck. You call it Ralph Lauren, Ralph Lauren. Yes. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Anyways. But the green retro did quite well too, because mm-hmm. it's you know, it's it's you know why you know why it's familiar. Yeah. People see the um, Hulk, Submariner, and the green retro is quite similar. Therefore, people are like, oh, if Rolex can do it, then other brands can do it. I think that's one of the reasons. Can you name any other famous green watch? Now, yeah, the the Marine Master from twenty. Well, they that's essentially that's a late, copy yeah. of the Hulk. Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Morris does a good green, but then it's not really like... So like, when you think of a green watch, yeah. I think most people will say Hulk Submariner. Yeah. They are the, the overarching influence, influ- influential power over other brands. Mm-hmm. And then once consumers see that, they are more willing to accept that same type of green on yeah. other watches, right? Rolex. You know, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I can't think of any other no, green watch that's legendary in the same way that Kind of set precedence for the brands that follow. Whereas you say in any other color, like blue, white, black, I'm sure you can think of a watch that has, is very famous for that color. Yeah. 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 I can't think of any green. Yeah. So we noticed green for 2019 as well as red, burgundy, Mm -hmm. right? You see Oris coming out with that. Yeah. The red bar 65. It started with a red bar, which, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. But you obviously can't get unless you're. I want one, man. What or a beautiful watch. That red, orange, fume, yeah. the bronze uh, bezel or something like that. I, I yeah. forgot. Which, which is gorgeous. And I think after that, we've seen more and more Bordeaux um, slash burgundy, mm-hmm. red, maroon colors mm-hmm. um, come out. So is that something, based on that, is that something you would want to do? I mean, we tried it. Mm. We tried it with the Contrail too. Um, it looks great, but it's just something that I don't know if the market is ready for. Yeah. Yeah. From a brand like ours, you mean? From a brand like ours. Yeah. 
So like that's 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 the difficulty of like balancing like having fun fun new colors versus traditional colors that work. Yeah. For a small brand like ours, because we want to do something new, but at the same time, it's unless it's really perfect. Yeah. It won't probably won't sell as well as its traditional color counterparts like black or blue or white. So this is when you have to balance the business side with yes. the enthusiast in you that wants to do that kind of color. Yeah. So give up enough of yourself mm-hmm. where it makes business sense and it's sustainable. But here's the uh, ironic part, right? Or the hypocritical part, in a sense. I only own black watches. Mm. I would never own, like, actually purge it with my own money. And keep in my collection for a long time, a watch that's like a crazy color. Yeah, but maybe. But I know who I who I am. My personality is is like that. Yeah. Do you do that because? Well, do you think that way when you buy other stuff? Yeah. Like the Grand Seiko I bought recently. Yeah. No, had... other than watches, I mean. Oh, 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 sorry. So if you're wearing um like if you're looking for a dress shirt or if you're looking at a new guitar, I don't wear dress shirts. Because well. Look at your the, the Koa guitar that you want, right? You're very par- particular about the grain of wood. Oh, of course. Right? It's like a pattern. Koa is like a wood. It's right. It's a living thing. Yeah. Everything is unique. Every piece is unique. But why, what are you looking for exactly? Well, that you can't really choose color. You can choose shade, mm. but you can't choose color. It's all brown. Okay. But Koa wood, like, it differs so much. It varies... On a spectrum, it varies. Like the spectrum is very wide, right? As to what Koa can look like, right? So there are some that are really light colored that can look look almost like mahogany or um, cedar, right? Whereas there's the real Koa wood that you would normally think of, which is darker, like a dark brown with a lot of pattern and mm-hmm. and, and and texture to it, almost like spalted maple, mm-hmm. but not really spalted and flamed and like quilted all at the same time maple, right? Yeah. But you can see, like, the pores of the wood. You can see and... the pores, and there's usually, like, lighter stripes, mm-hmm. striping, uh, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when I think of Koa, that's kind of what I think of, so I look for that. So it's just to maintain visual interest, right? Visual interest. I mean, like, come on. Like, visual interest is is so important in, yeah. in, in, in our lives. But when it comes to watches, you have black watches, and they're all kind of just matte. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if there was some other kind of treatment to the, the dial texture? Would Like, what's the first non-black watch that you're going to get? And what would it take for you to buy a watch like that? I've had plenty of non-black watches, but they, they've never been keepers. Yeah. So the only black watch I would... Like, I'd only get, like, a Sunburst. Like, mm-hmm. a Sunburst Square. Like, like my SLA-017. Mm. Right? Which I... But it's like, it's that's... It's gray. It's like dark gray. It's basically yeah, so black. I get gray or black. Mm. That's just me. What about a color like red or purple or green or blue? I don't know if I Yellow. can do it. I can never yeah. do blue watches. Mm. I can't do blue watches. Yeah, even your monster. Yeah, you didn't get the orange one. I should have. Yeah, you should have, man. I got the black one. Yeah. Which I sh- but that's a long time ago. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And what about you? Uh, what about me? I have, um, well, I have blue, right? My Planet Ocean. I have brown, my Squale. I have blue uh, in the Ray as well. You have green. I have green. Monta. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just got that one. Yeah, I have the green Monta. I have, my Crucible is black. I have the Nemo, the yellow Nemo. 
Right. So you got a lot of colors. Yeah. Wow. But you're not a flipper. Yeah, I'm not a flipper. So if you were a flipper, I don't know which ones would actually stay. Mm. Right. That's the question. Yeah, but I also I don't buy watches that often. Right. I was I was definitely not expecting you to put an order in for the Chris Ward on their fifty percent sale. Hey, you gotta do it. Yeah. No, I saw you message me and I didn't address it at all. I didn't I didn't reply about it. I didn't say anything. Comes like, oh, he's just talking and you fucking put an order in, man. Madness. Look, I've always wanted a bronze watch and never yeah. owned one. So yeah. I got one. And it's a good size, thirty eight. Yeah. I've been downsizing. Like ever since I got the Grand Seiko, uh the whatever it's called, the nine F yeah. GMT. That one's like thirty nine ish. Mm-hmm. But it wears a lot smaller because the like the lug is like forty six. Yeah. So, I think I can handle a thirty eight mm. millimeter diver now. Yeah, but I feel like if if you just got a new watch and you already have to buy a new one, like isn't there something to be said about your satisfaction level not being you know you're not over the moon about it? You're like if you were, you wouldn't even be looking. No. It's, no. It's I forgot the elation and the high that you get from receiving a new product. But you just experienced that with the, the Grand Seiko. It's, 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 it's like heroin, man. Mm. Not that I know what, what that feels like, but man, once you feel that high, you just gotta get more. Mm. So, you know, I gotta do it. Yeah. When does it come in? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I mean, chance, I mean, probably I'm going to flip it. Yeah. Cause it's blue. Yeah. But and given the fifty percent off, you're probably gonna make money on it. If I can enjoy it for a few months, yeah, and then sell it without losing money, mm-hmm. like why not? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Hell, I would have, I, I probably would have got it, gotten it still, even if I would lose money. Yeah, because simply because. Yeah, yeah, making money is not the point on these watches. It's the itch. Yeah, and I gotta scratch that damn itch. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I have a lot of opinions on watch investing. I just don't want to talk about it. That's a that's another one for another day. Yeah. But if you have an Ichibanya, you gotta itch it. An Ichibanya. Yeah. Shout out to Ichibanya. If you're ever in LA, you should definitely check out Ichibanya. Coco Ichibanya. The food, the food is shit, but like you're eating at Ichibanya, so you have to go. That sounds so dirty. Yeah. Alright, so the original plan for this podcast was QA. So I have a bunch of questions and I think I do wanna do some kind of rapid fire question and answer with you. Okay. Alright. Okay, right, go for it. Alright, folks, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. You know what we forgot to do? What? A wrist check. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, so what we are you can, wearing? Uh, Sector Field on an Erica's. Well, it just uh, The Vapor. It just belongs together. And the Erica's is the, the green one with the yellow pinstripe. It just belongs together. That yellow actually is very, very close to the uh, the, the Vapor color mm-hmm. that we got on the dial. Uh, and but that looks this, super yeah, man. No, this, tactile. This combo is or tactile. is ready for war. You That's know? great, yeah. Ready to go into battle. Well, it's convenient yeah. that you say that because U.S. Iranian yeah, politics. You know what's funny? I uh, so I told you I put that questionnaire on uh, on Instagram. People want to hear politics from us. Come on. Yeah, like literally, someone said, "I want to hear hot topic subjects: politics, religion, that shit's everything real, man. Right, everything that you don't talk about, talk about at, at the uh, the dinner, dinner table." Everything but, you can't talk about the dinner table we're yeah. going to talk about on the podcast, hell no. <laughs> For the whole of the sea. I mean, that's the thing about this podcast, right? Like, we want to be transparent and we want to show people <laughs> our opinions. And we definitely have opinions like any other person in the entire world. Yes. Well, but, according to you, I didn't have any opinions. <laughs> uh, in terms of optics. Right. In terms of optics. Uh, but no, the 
there are opinions in our heads, but there's a certain way that we can put it out there. Right. That I think we need a... Why are you taking my beer for? There's so much sediment. Is there really? So much sediment. Oh, yeah, that looks like fucking sand, man. No, I got yeah. way more sediment than you. Mm. But yeah, there's there's a certain way you can put those opinions out there with a certain type of finesse that I don't think... I, I mean, I, I don't think it's appropriate for us to talk about it because it's not, you know, it's not that interesting, to be honest. It's... <laughs> the, the, right? the finesse part comes from, from, from properly researched... Uh, facts exactly and and, evidence and, and presenting it as, as such yeah we're running a watch company what do we know right like why yeah opinions are great but are they going to do anything probably not part of the right? reason why like political opinions are so inflammatory yeah. is because there's just such a lack of research yeah involved mm-hmm. or a lack of education behind the claims that people make yeah and that's what makes it so controversial um, well, yeah, all the information you get comes from exactly. a news source, and they have vested interest. In, exactly, or yeah. deliberately spewing misinformation. Yeah, just like our president. Oh, so that's where a political, uh, <laughs> that's a politically charged comment right there. Yeah. Well, where do you get your information from? I try your to get news it from as many sources as possible, just mm. to hone down on what the actual fucking evidence is, or yeah. what the what the facts are. Right? Yeah. So, I use an I use an aggregator first and foremost. Google Which one? News. Google News. Yeah. Okay. Same um, here. But I make sure it doesn't. Um, I use private browsing all the time on my iPhone, mm-hmm. and that's where I look at news. Therefore, it doesn't give me biased information. Yeah, dude. I started using DuckDuckGo exclusively for right. searches, just because I don't want Google to know what I'm searching. Right. I, I mean, I don't care if they, they they don't care about me. I don't care about them. I'm just a dude. They're not gonna target me. They love dudes. Uh, okay, whatever. But I don't want to have any kind of targeted ads or um, I don't want them to curate the content that I'm reading, right? So as a result, I have everything from Al Jazeera to CNN to MSNBC yes. to Fox News. I have all of that on BBC. Yeah, I have everything yeah. on my, uh, my news feed. It's good. So I get all the different opinions. It's easy for me to look at headlines and just be like, yeah, I mean, I, I know what Fox News stands for. I know what CNN stands for. And then right, write it off. But if I have both of them right next to each other, like right there, I can find myself somewhere in the middle. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, it's as an educated citizen, right? Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's important it's, to know these things. It is yeah. your it is your responsibility to, to to dissect what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Right, and which is not happening nearly enough in no. the United States at the moment. No, it's not. Um, and honestly, I think I think it is too much to ask for mm-hmm. for the people here. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because there's so many systemic issues that do not allow the average citizen to really use critical thinking. Yeah. And this isn't even like a, a Democrat versus Republican thing. No, 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 no. Right? Is, is the system itself is broken. Yes. And the way to fix it is incredibly tough and we don't know the approach. I'm not right? I'm not surprised at all like the the uh, you know, the state of affairs right now. Yeah. In, in the states. Yeah, I was just telling Chris yesterday. I was like for the longest time Ever since, probably like ever since Trump got into office, but for the longest time, people were saying things like, this is a crazy world that we're living in. And I was always the one guy that's like, no, this shit has always been happening, right? It's been crazy since World War II. They're like talking about dropping atomic bombs on people. It's just that we're, we want that entitlement. We want to say that we grew up in the craziest time. So I'm like, no, it's not that, it's not that nuts. But now after reading and, and hearing about all the shit that's going on in the Middle East, it's like we're living in a movie, man. It's it's pretty 
crazy what's going on now. Yeah, I mean, like like I said to you, Vic, when when the missiles got fired, just like last week. Yeah, it seemed like, like everyone in the world knew exactly what happened except for Iran. <laughs> I'm like, get your popcorn out, man. Yeah. This is starting. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. It's all relative, right? Yeah. And and their uh, their statement is like, oh, human error, we accidentally shot it down. It's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. I mean, that's... <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I think a good thing came out with this. I don't know if it's because we're getting older. Yeah. Where we start caring more about this shit. Yeah. I feel like the whole... I don't know about you, but I've never paid more close attention to to current events and politics than I ever... Than, than I ever have compared to now. Yeah. That being said, we also lived in China for a while. We didn't get news there. We were also teenagers. Yeah. So, yeah, so like, as a teenager, you, you don't really care about these things. Mm-hmm. You're in your own world. You're thinking about, oh my God, does this girl like me? Well, you know, when I talk to our friends that are still living in China, they don't have as much information as we do. You know, They can easily access it. They can, VPNs and all that stuff. But it's that, that one extra step of turning a VPN on They're, is enough to excuse me, is enough to start filtering out a lot of the information that I mean, we're just getting at, you know, at the snap of a finger. I, I do think it's a, it's an age thing or a maturity thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But, but caring about yeah what's going on around you really shouldn't impact you because yeah. you're going to be living for a long time, right? Yeah. I, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know about you, but. Relatively I long. Will. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. And, uh, you know. Time will tell. Shit like that's gonna directly impact your future life. Yeah. So it's good to good to keep up with that shit. Yeah. To get the train back onto the tracks. Uh you ready for rapid fire? Fuck. Okay, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna have both my phone and my notebook here just in case I wanna So how much time do we have up. right now? Like Um I'm I'm just gonna splice it to make sure it's not too okay, long. It's, but uh it's been a while, I feel. Yeah, it's been a while, but I, I would rather edit it out and get the, the good part of this conversation. I think the whole part was good. Yeah. I think the whole thing was good. Yeah. So far. I'm a little bit drunk, but... Excuse me. All right. Uh, date or no date on your watch? Date. Um, current drink of choice? Beer. Okay. You got to be a bit more specific than that. This can be as long... The, the answers can be as long or as short as you want. Actually, no. Wine. Why? Scratch that. Wine. Okay. Reds. Reds, okay. Any? Uh, not Pinot Noirs. I like the bigger, heavier reds. Not something light and pansy. Mm. Like that shit you like. <laughs> Excuse me? Dream collaboration between yeah. Notice and anyone else. Could be a watch company. Could be a, a celebrity. It could be a sport watch company. It could be Apple. A- anything. Technology company. It could be anything you want. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Okay. I like that, actually. He has a good taste in watches, man. He does. And he's a badass. What would you be doing if you weren't running notice? That's a very sad, sad question. Mm. So give me a sad answer. I don't want to give you a sad answer. But I feel like if I didn't pursue notice, I would have gone into the corporate workforce. Um, Two years into it, I would have realized that it's not for me. I would have been very miserable. Um, but I wouldn't have the balls to try anything that I really wanted to do. Like my passions, for example. Uh, yeah, that's fucking depressing. And that's my answer. Three to five things that you cannot live without. Uh, like things, right? Like inanimate objects, Mm -hmm. not people, not people. 
Okay. So can I say you? No. No. Can't say me. <laughs> As if I'd make that list anyways, man. No, no. You wouldn't. Uh, I was just joking. Come on, man. Uh, so... Guitar. Okay. Uh, I need guitar. Gortar. Jortar. Guitar. What mm-hmm. do you call it? I need I need that in my life. I need a drink in my life. Not so, that I. So like a bottle of uh, of probably whiskey. I assume. Beer. Oh wow. Okay. So I mean I don't get drunk. I don't drink to get drunk, but mm-hmm. it just uh, it's nice to have it. Yeah. It's uh, delicious. Makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, lubricates my my uh, my social uh, activities. Mm-hmm. Number three would be. Oh, probably watches, right? It's up to you. It doesn't have to be. I should probably say watches. Watches wouldn't be on my list. It wouldn't. No. No, I'm sure you have a, you have a lot of stuff on your list. Mm-hmm. I think watches, because yeah. you know that's what started this whole thing for me. Mm. Right. Yeah. I'll give you three things. Okay. That was not on the list that you gave me previously, so therefore I'm not ready. For yeah, this. no, I'm giving you. I'm giving you a left turn. Yeah. Um. Okay, you can only pick one. You're gonna drink Budweiser. And only Budweiser for the rest of your life. That's fine. Or you're gonna drink, or uh, or you're only gonna wear fossil watches for the rest of your uh, life. Budweiser, hell. Budweiser, really. Budweiser. Hmm. I like all beer. I don't discriminate. Mm-hmm. And we grew up with lagers, mm-hmm. right? If I can have just that, that's better than wearing a fucking fossil on my wrist. Fuck that. Mm. Name one good fossil watch. I don't know any fossil exactly, watch because they yeah. suck. I'm going to do the exact same question in my Q&A yeah. cuz I actually would pick fossil. That's fine. And I'll I'll give you uh, I'll give you my reasons why then. That's um, fine. Okay. Uh so any advice for someone starting a company either watches or something else. So extremely broad uh a huge broad brushstroke. I'll give you a trite answer which is only start it if you truly believe in it and if you truly love it. Mm. Truer words have never been said, but they've been said a lot. Other than watches, what's something else that you would want to make? A guitar. You would want to make a guitar, really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Dude, guitars still excite me just as much as they did back yeah. in the day. I see a guitar, I, th- I think it's like a piece of art. Yeah. And I get excited. Mm. Like, I get the fizz. So would this be for like a company? You would want to start a guitar company or you would just <sighs> want to build it for yourself? Man. A company's a different thing, man. Mm-hmm. You have to truly, truly love the product to start a company mm-hmm. in order to protect yourself from falling out of love, right? Mm-hmm. From that product. Making it feel like a job and less yes. like a like a like a living. If you don't full if you don't truly love it hundred percent, if you don't commit to it hundred percent, um, then you're gonna fall out of love with it mm-hmm. when the times get hard. Yeah. And the times will get hard. So okay. that's what I believe in. One thing about yourself or notice that people would be surprised about. I have a voice and opinions and a personality. Mm. I like talking. You're a real person, basically. I actually do like talking. Mm. It's just I'm an introvert. Mm. If I'm comfortable around you, I'll talk a lot. If mm. I'm not, then I'm sorry. Too bad. Does but it's fact- not because I don't like you. Mm. It's because I'm just subconsciously not comfortable. Mm. Does the fact that there are microphones here and you know that this is going to go out into the world have any effect on the way you answer questions? 
Even though you and I are the only ones in this room. No, it just tones down the um, explicit nature of what I say. Because mm. normally what I say is quite crass. Um, it's quite, uh, 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 I would say, abrasive to the ears mm-hmm. of the common folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that, this is pretty much me. Good. How about you? Turn the tables. Yeah, I think so. I think it's not so much changing the way I answer things or my ideas and insights, but it's I'm definitely thinking more about how do I make sure that whoever's listening to this, whether they're driving or at the gym or doing some mindless work on their computer or whatever, how do I make it so that it's entertaining enough and insightful enough and just like still not wasting their time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's certain podcasts out there that you look for that you're like, I, I want to listen to this so I don't have to think about it. I don't have to listen because there are no insights, right? Bill Burr's podcast would be one example. He's just a dude that rambles into a microphone. I listen to that when... But it's highly entertaining. It's entertaining, exactly. Yeah. But it's not insightful in the same way that Tim Ferriss's or Kevin Rose or Rhonda Patrick, right? So All these saying- people are like, they're, they're specialists and experts in certain fields and I can get insights that I have to... Uh, I have to consciously think about so I can apply all their insights to my life. So we're the former type of podcast, not the latter. Well, I think it needs to be a balance of the two. I think it needs to be entertaining, but I also think people aren't going to continue listening to us unless we have some kind of valuable insights or opinions that they can learn from. That Or that even if it's just a peek through the window of the notice house, looking at how we build this thing and the decision-making process. Not just in terms of watch design, but in terms of business decisions and finding retailers or finding manufacturers, whether it's technical or if it's marketing or anything like that. Right. right. So, so I, I want to, I want this podcast to be somewhere in between that. Okay. Right. Okay. So I have three more, three more questions. Um, one watch from another micro brand. And we talked about this at the bar, but one watch from another micro brand to be your one watch. What brand would it be, and what model would it be? Is it a cop-out answer to say none? Because if I... It can be whatever you want. If I had one, I'd already mm. have it, mm. right? Well, is, is there a brand that resonates with you more than the others? And if so, why? Well, that answer is quite, quite obvious, mm-hmm. right? It's... Uh, my my favorite two brands like from the beginning were always like Mark II and Helios. Mm-hmm. Mark II, like I would love to own any of his watches, right? They'd probably be up one of those. Yeah. And then Helios, like obviously Jason is freaking talented. Yeah. At what he, at design and what he does, like all every single watch he puts out, there's like something. It's art, man. It just looks unlike anything else, mm-hmm. and you can tell that he designed it. And like, and that's incredibly, um, that speaks to me a lot. Um, but if you ask me which models of theirs that I would want to own, like just one for the rest of my life, I don't think I could tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you have a favorite from either one of those brands? Right I do a now? favorite. Okay. Yeah. How about this? I'll tell you my favorites from those two brands. Sure. So my favorite from Mark II would be, it'd have to be the Kingston. And that's probably a lot of people's answers. Yeah. Um, but not because of the design. I mean, obviously, it's, 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 it's a Rolex watch. But it's because of the significance of when it came out and what niche that it filled at the time. Mm-hmm. Right? 
So, the historical relevance of the, historical the Mark II brand. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? Yeah. That watch cemented Mark II, like, like on the pillars of, 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 of independent yeah. brand uh, history, right? Mm-hmm. Because it did exactly what an homage watch should have done. And many, everyone else has failed at doing exactly what he did, which was do a proper homage. The hand proportions were correct. The case proportions were, every proportion was correct. It looked correct. Everything about it was correct. And it's just something that you wanted because 99.9% of us won't have that watch, the real watch. The original. Yeah. But that it was based is, off of. This is pretty much the next best, best thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays, if you want to get one on the secondhand market, it's obviously going to be way more than what the person paid for. Right. And that is indicative of, you know, demand. More than that, if you do find it, you if you can't afford it and you do find it, there's no way you're going to be using it as it was intended because it's a vintage watch. <laughs> Whereas the Kingston or yeah. the Nassau or any, any of the Mark II watches that, that have come out since we got into yeah. this. You can actually use those watches as the original ones were intended mm-hmm. out in the field. You know, you can go to the gym with them. You can you really beat it up and you can almost guarantee that it's going to survive yeah. whatever you put it through. Yeah. Yeah. So for Helios, um, it definitely be stuff before the Seaforth. Mm. But this is because I knew his brand before the Seaforth. Um, and I kind of yearn from those for those days of like when he just put out stuff that literally just, I mean, not that he doesn't do it anymore, but like, it was just so pure, right? Mm. Free from any success, like, like, like widespread success, like uh, mainstream success, free from all that noise. Mm-hmm. It was just pure, wonderful, like good design, like micro brand watches. So I would say either the, the Delphin or the Tropic B are mm-hmm. my favorites. And even though he says he hates those watches and that he's never going to bring them back, I think he really should. Um, but yeah, I, I remember just, at Wind Up when we first met him, yeah. I, I said to him, I love the Seaforth. I had one, but dude, bring back the Tropic B. He looked at me like I had seven heads. He's like, yeah. really? That well, one? I, I understand. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I from his point yeah. of view, like he, from as, as the designer, like I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You can only see the flaws and then mm-hmm. you can never really truly appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. But if you can bring those back, I would definitely get one. Okay. Last question is, uh, when and where did your love for watches start? For me, it wasn't like a concrete thing. Like it wasn't a thing where I, I just like, it's just the, the switch turned on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just always embedded in my in my personality mm. where I was obsessed with details and things. It didn't have to be watches. It could be anything. It could be guitars, computers, whatever, cars. Um, so I guess the moment I got my second watch, which is a Seiko uh, Quartz a Solar Chronograph, um, that's when I dove into the world of watches because I wanted to learn more about watches and like what else is out there besides this watch that I just got. Mm. Um and from there on, that's that's where like I really you know went down the rabbit hole. And no looking back. No looking back. I freaking yeah. started a watch company, man. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Cool. I think we got to know you a little bit better. At least where you come from and uh, <clears throat> your beliefs and your the things you like doing, which is good for someone that's never on social. 
Yeah. Shows, I, your, shows I, your face at wind up, but that's about it. I would like to talk about that whole social media thing mm-hmm. in some other episode. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I have a lot to say about social media, too. Like, yeah. We can talk less about watches now, because mm-hmm. now that people are, like, warm, have warmed up to our podcast, hopefully. Yeah. By the second episode. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Uh, that they can, like, start hearing about other things. It's funny, like, that intro that I recorded for the first episode. I'm sure everyone's like, oh, you guys are talking about watches. Yeah, like, this is not a watch podcast. And then we proceed to like, talk about watch. one episode. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is important, I think, at least in the first couple of episodes, yes. because I think people listening now, they need to know where we come from and what we're doing. And also and the people listening now are probably, they probably only know us because of watches. Dude, you'd be surprised, man. I, I've got a bunch of followers on my personal Instagram since the first episode came uh-huh. out and many of them were not into watches. They were just random people. So how the hell do they hear about us? Like, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe if, uh, they're sharing it with friends or I, I don't know. They're sharing us with friends. Yeah. Like some, some watch people share it with non-watch people and then Sounds non-watch people. Like a violation people. of my rights and my privacy. <laughs> well, that's what you asked and for when we started, parts. when we started this. Um, but it is important, I think, to remind people that the questions that we want to get from them can't always be about watches. Cause I think there's a lot more that goes into us, not just as people, but notice as a brand that's not watch even though we're a watch company we stand for a lot of things that are beyond just watches mm-hmm. and i think that's something that at least i i really want people to understand about notice we sell watches but we represent a lot more than that yeah that's completely true yeah yep. and um we'll probably get into that in a future episode yep. in, in the things that we value and the things that i mean just over time i think people get to know us a little bit better Agreed. And uh, that's that's all we can ask for. That they keep listening, and they keep uh, you know looking looking at the stuff that we're building, enjoying our art, if you can call it that. Huh. If I may be so bold to call it that, I don't know what else you would call it. But yeah, on that note, I'm pretty bottom, much uh, done. But bottoms up. Yeah, I'll remember that for next time. Just a few quick things before you go. During the podcast, I mentioned I was drinking a rum as well as a beer. And um, in my drunken stupor, I forgot to run down to grab it so I could tell the world what it was. But it's called Ron Viejo de Caldas. Um, I also misspoke. I mentioned that three weavers made zombie dust. And that's, in fact, totally not true. I got confused between them and uh, three Floyds. They're based out of Indiana. Three Weavers is actually based here in LA. So if any of you find yourself in our neck of the woods, send me an email. Again, it's wesley at noticewatches.com. And first round will be on me. During the episode, we also mentioned that we want to extend our thanks to a few special people. And I think we're going to do one for every episode. I think that makes the most sense. So we're going to kick things off with our good friend, Alex. He goes by I Keep Good Time on Instagram or Valley Watch Guy on Watch You Seek. And the reason why I picked him is because he's always been there from day one. He reached out to Cullen on Watch You Seek and then uh, promptly followed us on Instagram and reached out to me there. And he's been the guy that kind of made sure that any decision we make, you know, he, he, he basically kept us on the right track. 
Um, that's not to say he made any decisions, but whenever Cullen and I come to a consensus uh, between the two of us, there are a few people that we bounce these ideas off of just to make sure as, as kind of like a, one final gatekeeper to make sure that it's the right decision. He's one of those guys and he's always been honest with us. He's always led us the right way. And thank you for that, Alex. We really appreciate you. We appreciate your honesty. So keep on doing you. Um, something I failed to do on the last podcast that I probably should have done was thank my very good friend Dallas Thornton for contributing the music. He wrote, recorded, and produced all the music you hear in this podcast. We met back in the days of Berkeley, so we go way back. He's a very good friend of mine. He lives out here in LA now, but I'm going to let his music speak for itself. So if you guys are interested, and you really should be, look up Dallas Thornton on Instagram or on Apple Music or on Spotify or wherever it is you get your music. Um, and also check out his website, whoisdallasthornton.com. That's really the best way to see if he's on tour or any shows he's playing or you know, and anything to do with Dallas. Um, that's the best place to go. So thank you, Dallas. I love you, man. Can't wait to get you on the podcast and we should jam. We should find a good song that we can play together. And uh, last things last, leave us a review if you enjoyed this podcast. It doesn't have to be five stars. It doesn't have to be one star. But honestly, honesty is the most important thing for us, whether it's a watch review or a podcast review. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. If I'm drinking too much, obviously, this episode, I overdid it a little bit, but I promise that won't happen again or too often over the course of the next few hundred to thousand podcasts, however many we do. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. See you guys on the next one. Thank you.